Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. So maybe today you've been out and you've seen people with like ashes on their face and you're like, what is the deal with that? So today is Ash Wednesday and Ash Wednesday kicks off a season of the year called Lent. And right here on Real Talk, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Lent. Now you might be thinking like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, I'm not, Catholic or Lutheran or Anglican or Episcopalian or some tradition that practices Lent, like that's new to me. And if that's the case, you probably think that Lent is about giving something up. Like I've heard of people giving up meat and chocolate. I've even heard of people giving up beer. I've heard of people giving up uh, social media. Don't do that. In fact, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch our Real Talk videos. Lent is really not about deprivation. It's about preparation. It's the 40 days, not counting Sundays, before Easter. And the word Lent just means spring. And it's about getting ready for Easter. So you might think like getting ready for Easter, like what what does that mean? When I get ready for Easter, I hide the Easter eggs and I buy my kids a chocolate bunny. And by the way, just public service announcement for parents, Don't buy the hollow bunnies, you're a cheapskate. Get the solid chocolate bunnies. So Lent is about getting our hearts ready. And I just wonder, what if, as we get closer to Easter this year, what if we're pouring into our churches on Easter Sunday, if we were really ready to worship, if we were really ready to celebrate this risen Jesus. And so here's my proposal for you. Let's go on a little journey these next few weeks and explore Lent and what it would look like for us to actually be ready when we go to church on Easter Sunday morning. So the thing about the Easter story to me is it feels kind of fake. It's, I guess, foreign because I've never witnessed a mob like Jesus faced and I've never seen a public beating. I've certainly never seen a crucifixion. And so in some ways it's like almost this twisted fairy tale. But I have to remind myself that it's real. Jesus was a real person from a real place called Nazareth and he really was arrested and he really was mocked and his clothes were really stolen and they took these railroad spike looking things and they really did drive them through his wrists and his ankles and he was really attached to a big piece of wood and he was stuck there and he was hung there. And it's just foreign to us. And you know, we might even think about, okay, Easter, the resurrection thing. Yeah, 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 it's God. Uh, It's almost magical. But remember that Jesus was a man. Yes, he is, and it's so hard to understand this, but he is 100% God, but he's 100% man. Theological word of the day. It's called the hypostatic union. God and man together. And as we get close to Easter this year, I just want to remember that Jesus really was man. And he really totally became like us. This God left heaven and completely became like us. And I want to remember that because he did that and he went to the cross for me and for you. So there's a story in John 8 I want to look at. And I would encourage you to open up your Bibles at some point this week and look at this story. It's the beginning of John 8 and kind of interesting. 
If you see in your Bible, there's probably like a footnote or it might even be written in italics because this story, uh, in some of the New Testament early manuscripts, it's there. Some of them, it's not there. And so scholars kind of debate about whether or not it should even be in the Bible. But clearly, we see the heart of Jesus in this story. And I love this story because I think it demonstrates that 100% God and 100% man, that, that divinity and humanity together. So Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching and the Pharisees come in and they interrupt and they throw this woman in front of him and they say, this woman, we caught her in the act of adultery. And they're all smug about it and they say, Jesus, Old Testament law says she's supposed to be stoned. What do you think we should do? And they're trying to trick him. They're trying to get him to either break Old Testament law or say, yeah, go ahead and stone her. And then they can say, well, what about all this grace and forgiveness stuff you've been talking about? And try and call him a hypocrite. Jesus is so great at not taking the bait. And he says, okay, I'll tell you what. Anyone here today who is without sin, you throw the first stone. And of course, no one can do that because everyone there we're, and us, we're all sinners. And so it kind of diffuses the situation and it, it's kind of boring. Everybody just goes home. But this incredible thing happens. Jesus goes over and he puts his arm around this woman. And in verse 10 and 11, he says to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one. And he says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. And I love that as a human being, he shields her from the wrath of the, and the judgment and the condemnation of the people around her. But you know, the story of Easter is that Jesus Christ shields us in his divinity, shields us from God's wrath, that, that we deserve for our sin. And he doesn't condemn this woman. In, in fact, he says, look, there's no other person here that can condemn you. And I, being the Messiah, the Son of God, I also don't condemn you. And he, he just kind of sends her on her way. Now, he doesn't excuse her sin, but he protects her. He pours out just incredible graciousness. And the love that is coming out of Jesus the man is the love of God. And this connection, this togetherness of his divinity and humanity is such an amazing picture to me. So as we push towards Easter in the next six weeks or so, I know I want to remember, and I want to challenge you to remember as well, that this Jesus was all man. The Son of God left heaven and humbly was born as a baby and came here for you and for me. And what he endured, he felt as a man. And when they drove the nails through his wrists, it hurt. And when they mocked him, it hurt his heart. And he was weak and he was tired. But he did all of that for me and for you. And he was willing to do that. And that's what we get to celebrate on Easter. So just one more thing, as we're going through this Lent season, I want to give you a piece of homework. Romans 6, verse 10, talking about Christ, says, The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Here's my challenge. Just as a church, 
I want us to just think about that verse for the next few weeks. Just, just think about it. Maybe write it on an index card, put it somewhere that, that you'll see it, or a post-it note. Maybe change the, the background on your, on your computer screen or something. Just put that thing on repeat in your mind. That's it. That's your homework assignment. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. See you next time on Real Talk.